0: Hello and welcome to Wild Cards, our very first inaugural episode. Uh, We're so pleased to have you. We're so pleased to be talking sports on the eve or two days eve of a football Sunday. We had a great game last night. So much to talk about. We're gonna do some baseball, maybe sprinkle in a little college football talk. We'll see where the day heads. But uh, anyways, I'm Brian Armetta and I'm joined by Kevin Amoroso and Zubin Sarvastava. Pleased to have you guys. Welcome to the show. And uh, let's get things kicked off. Thanks for having me. Yeah. All right. So let's get things kicked off. We had a big game last night between the Cowboys and the Buccaneers. Buccaneers win 31-29. I think there were a lot of interesting points about this game. I think that both teams had some positives and some negatives. Ultimately, Tom Brady does what Tom Brady does, leads the team for a game-winning field goal kick. Uh, speaking of field goal kicks, the Cowboys, despite a really, really impressive performance back from injury from Dak Prescott, they are screwed basically by Greg Zerline, Greg the leg, missing, was it two kicks, two field goals last night? Um, And an extra point. Uh, One of those kicks was a 60-yarder, but still not a great day for Cowboys special teams. And that was ultimately, you could argue, what cost them the game. So, Zubin, I'm going to pivot to you. Um, What did you like about this game for the Buccaneers? Do you think that they're going to be strong or as strong as they were last year?
1: Well, define as strong or stronger. Are we referring to how they perform towards the end of the season or their selective regular season in general? End of the season.
2: We'll do end of the season.
1: Well, I think this was, when we think about the opening game of this season, It's we think that the team that won the Super Bowl, they always host it, and they won as that usually happens. However, I think Dallas gave them a run for their money, and Dallas is going to be, they're definitely going to be one of the tougher opponents they play this year. You have to remember, the Buccaneers finished second in the NFC South last year. That means that they're going to face the second place teams in the divisions that they don't play the in, in entirety. So what I liked about the Buccaneers last night was obviously Tom Brady showed just, it seems everyone's talking about the Buccaneers bringing back all 22 of their starters. They're going to continue where they are. Some people are saying they're going to be like a 15 win team or higher because it's now uh, a 17 game season. And this was the perfect start they got off last night. They're going to – you can talk about Greg Zerline, yada, yada. He missed his field goals for sure. Dallas played really well too, and that shouldn't, in my opinion, take away anything that the Buccaneers did last night. The Buccaneers came back. They started off strong in the beginning. Brady this year, it showed last night, he's going to be using Gronkowski a lot more that he's back. Last season was his first um, fully – back from a year of retirement, but two touchdowns last night. I actually didn't catch this full game because, thanks to you, I was at the Yankee game. But you saw at the end of the game, Tom Brady, that that face just being like, Ooh, to the Cowboys, just saying, you gave me too much time. You know what's going to happen right now. Leads him down the field. Ryan Suckup kicks the field goal to win the game. There's a lot to, like, Antonio Brown was their leading receiver last night. Mike Evans didn't have the best of games. And if Brown, Godwin, and Evans – is one of the best receiving cores in the game, along with Gronkowski Is your tight end, a very solid offensive line. Vita Vea was giving the Cowboys all sorts of trouble last night with holding penalties, uh, with um, with penalties in general. I'm not sure if they were holding. But the Buccaneers started exactly like they should. The Cowboys also started exactly like they should. I don't think they – a lot of people didn't expect them to win this game. But going forward, the Buccaneers are the scariest team in the NFC, I believe, and last night was just – the first testament to what's going to be an amazing season i have them going uh so what i have them going 13 and 4 this season actually and i think that it was a very strong start
0: we will get to those predictions later i might respectfully disagree but i agree in that the bucks look really good they're going to be contending for the nfc and There's not a lot teams can do to stop them. So Kevin, I want to shift over to uh, Arlington's team and talk about, you know, there's always storylines with Dallas and this year, especially so, so many weapons, although I just got word that Michael Gallup is going to miss three to five weeks, which is a blow, but they've got so many good receivers, uh, especially that two headed monster of Ceedee lamb and Cooper. So I'm not just saying this because he's on your fantasy team, but what do you make of Ezekiel Elliott last night? Uh, Was his kind of quiet night a product of a really good Tampa defense, or was it maybe a signal that some of those touches maybe going to Tony Pollard, that Dallas might be more passing-oriented with Prescott healthy again this year?
3: Yeah. um, About Zeke, I'm not worried at all. He uh, he's I, he looked good when he rushed the ball last night. And at the end of the day, they were playing a Tampa Bay defense that was first against the rush last year. And honestly, the game script just kind of ended up to allow Dak to pass the ball. What was it? 57 times, 56 times. And, you know, Ezekiel Elliott's coming off a year where he didn't look very motivated. He wasn't very good. He wasn't earning the money, he, the six-year, nine million contract that he got paid. And uh, I, I don't see Dallas – he looked good, and I don't see Dallas keeping, keeping him at the role he was at last night. I feel like that was mostly the Tampa Bay defense and, uh, again, game script that doesn't really work in his favor. Uh, it was mostly a, a shootout. There were a lot of turnovers. Um, Tom Brady was throwing the ball a lot. Tempe, uh backfield was not looking good. You know, Ronald Jones fumbled the ball yet again. I don't know how many fumbles he had last year, but he, you know, this has been a problem with him. Fournette, you know, he looks pedestrian. He's nothing special. He's another reason why running backs shouldn't be drafted as high as he was drafted. Um, and I think that's, that's why we got, a little not much of Zeke we, we saw Tampa throw the ball and now we saw Dallas throw the ball for the rest of the year we know Dallas is playing a very very easy light schedule um, and I think they're going to be in a lot of games where this Dallas offense can can blow a lot of teams out and their defense will be able to hold their own so that Zeke will be able to get a, a game script largely in his favor so yeah it was concerning to see you know he's on my fantasy team who's concerning to see him get only what 13 touches 39 yards but I, I do think he'll be okay uh, season long
0: yeah and I think you're correct here um, they've invested too much and regardless of his age or the miles on his legs Zeke is too talented for them to just phase him out um, Pollard is not there yet despite what a lot of people keep, seem to keep pushing and with all this talk about the Dallas offense and honestly I think Dallas is just the more interesting storyline here Um, We know who the Bucs are. We know who Brady is. Um, They did what they do. With all the talk of the Dallas offense, though, we have to mention their defense, which still did not answer a lot of questions last night. Anthony Brown was picked on kind of mercilessly. Um, He's just – he's probably not a third cornerback on most teams, let alone a two. It's a really glaring hole that I think is going to be – if this team is going to lose the NFC East, Um, it's going to be that that sets them apart. I mean, even the Eagles have a shutdown corner in Darius Slay. The Giants, I think, have a really underrated secondary. And the football teams got a decent secondary, and it almost doesn't even matter because their defensive line's so good, which Dallas's is not. So I think it'll be really interesting against maybe lesser quarterbacks how that secondary performs. Because if they're giving up 30, 35 points to like the average teams of the league, then this is not a playoff team, or if they are, they're a one and done. Um, so there's a lot of positives, some serious negatives, though, for the Cowboys. And it's going to be interesting to watch them throughout the rest of the year. So with that being said, I want to shift. This is an NFL special for show, after all. So I kind of want to shift to some of the games on deck. Uh, and I'm going to start with you, Zubin. What's one game that's kind of uh, popping out to you on this early one o'clock slate?
2: And who do you think gets the win? Okay, so the game that I'm going to go with is the
1: Arizona Cardinals against the Tennessee Titans, and that is because there are so many things that they're variables. Will Kyler Murray show up? Will the Cardinals defense be a factor? Is Tennessee's offense too good to be true? And it's going to be interesting to see the way this game is going to play out. I'm going to go with Tennessee taking this game in – In a nail-biter, I think that the Cardinals are going to have a lead for most of the first half, maybe going to the third quarter, and then Tennessee has some nice drives in the second half down the stretch right there, and their defense actually shows up a little bit. Um, Tennessee, biggest move this this offseason, signing Julio Jones, and I think Ryan Tannehill, with the offense he has, is going to be good enough to win this game. I think Kyler Murray is going to show a little rust. I think that... The Cardinals have a little bit of their offseason wasn't amazing. They signed JJ Watt, but I think with Larry Fitzgerald not retiring, but basically not showing he wants to return, along with DeAndre Hopkins, his comments on the vaccine. There were some distractions there that I, that I think. And I don't think this is a factor in the game. I just think that all the extracurriculars that have gone on can allow for a little rust to be shown along with that offense. Also, I don't think Arizona is all that good. They've been saying they're good, and they're never really there. And Tennessee has something to prove. Because they made the playoffs the last two years, were a lot better than I think critics allowed them to be. And it'll be interesting to see how they turn out this year. So I'm going Tennessee in a nail-biter, but winning the game by, I don't know, maybe five or six points. And, yeah, I'm excited to see how this game turns out.
0: Kevin, who do you like in this Tennessee-Arizona matchup?
3: Um, I like Tennessee. Now, this year, I don't particularly love Tennessee. I think their defense is super faulty. I think, I mean, Julio Jones has to regress, right? And I think Tannehill maybe won't be as efficient as he's been in the last few years. I think he'll be really good, and I think he'll put up good numbers. But because of the defense, and I feel like they're going to get the ball a lot, I think Tannehill will – regressing the efficiency department and possibly throw a lot more touchdowns. Um, but for this game, I like Tennessee because Arizona's secondary, not great. Uh, they have a good front seven, but A.J. Brown and Julio Jones against that secondary is really not a it, – it's a, it's a bad sign for, for Arizona. Um, obviously, we know A.J. Brown was a superstar receiver last year. He had a big breakout year. Julio Jones still Julio Jones, and Ryan Tannehill had a, did a great job throwing the deep last year. Um, Arizona, I, that offense, I think, will take a little, a couple of a games to really get into their groove. Kyler Murray is, is a, uh, he's obviously a running quarterback, and maybe he'll find success against the Tennessee defense. And maybe, yes, I, I see DeAndre Hopkins having a big game in this, in this one, but ultimately, Tennessee's offense is going to blow out Arizona's defense. I have Tennessee winning this one 35-21 um but you know if tennessee's offense isn't going going off um on sunday then arizona could take it easily it's but i don't think it'll be a close game i think it'll be a blowout either way Interesting. it'll be whoever's offense is working
0: you know I was actually tempted to pick Arizona here. Um, And it's not necessarily because I'm in love with Arizona, but it's for a lot of the reasons you mentioned when it comes to the Titans. That defense is really faulty. Uh, A lot of questions about how this offense will look without Arthur Smith now that he's the coach of the Falcons. However, I can't overlook the firepower that is Tannehill and Henry. Um, That's kind of like – I feel like a running quarterback is going to be the one – or not a running quarterback, but Tannehill's very mobile. They've got a dominant ground game with Derrick Henry I feel like that's the one thing that could kind of neutralize the Cardinals big signing of J.J. Watt who you know we don't even know how many games he'll play he might not even play a quarter I hate to say it so we'll see uh Kevin you're a resident Jets fan some have likened you to a young fireman Ed uh so (laughs) what do you think about this intriguing Sam Darnold return to oh wait No, it's in Carolina. My bad. Anyways, this intriguing Sam Darnold uh, reunion with his old team, who do you think gets the W in Carolina on Sunday?
3: You know, I want to pick the Jets, but I have the Panthers winning it by a field goal. Um, You know, listen, I'm not excited for this matchup just because the Jets aren't very good and the Panthers aren't very good. And Sam Darnold isn't very good. You know, there's been this big narrative that Sam Donald played with the Jets and he was only bad because he had a bad game script. Adam Gase sucks as a coach. And as a Jets fan, I just felt like that wasn't very true. He's not very good under pressure. He, ha- he isn't particularly accurate throwing the deep ball. He hasn't done anything really right yet in his NFL career, even though, yeah, Adam Gase was a terrible coach and he's bound to improve this year. I don't think he's a good or will be a good NFL starting quarterback. And because of that, I'm not interested in this game, but the Panthers, they have really good weapons. Again, I think Sam Darnold will be helped out, and I think the Jets' defense will be a little bit overpowered by those weapons. But besides that, yeah, Panthers, but I, I don't know, it's not going to be a fun one to watch, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I tend to agree. I think we're all going to lean Panthers here. I think the big factor is you have DJ Moore and former Jet Robbie Anderson – and the Jets' cornerback depth chart is not good. Um, I like their safeties. Marcus May is great, but there's only so much he can do. Um, it's a great prop that I made today was Robbie Anderson going over 50 yards. I can't believe that number was so low with the secondary for New York. Um, so, Zubin, keeping with the Homer theme, your Seattle Seahawks are taking on the Indianapolis Colts, who just announced that Carson Wentz will be starting Sunday. Um, really intriguing matchup here Two playoff teams last year. I feel like the Seahawks are more of a known compared to the Colts. I think there's a lot up in the air. Um, I think I know who you're going to take to win, but what do you think are some of the keys to victory for the Seahawks?
1: The keys to the victory is establishing, um, is establishing a solid enough pass game to where we can get all receivers involved because of how good that the, Colts defense is it's going to be is our offensive line or the boost we made on the on the offensive line going to be enough to stop Russell Wilson from getting sacked like more than I don't know three times during the game and look our receiving core is good Russell Wilson is so good by the way if anyone ever thought Russell Wilson was actually going to leave it in this offseason you were you're delusional he was never going to go he was upset rightfully so but a lot of last season was his fault as well um and we played, look, we played Tennessee in week two, which is not going to be a cakewalk either. And I think that the reason the Hawks need to come out swinging from the get-go And week one last year was they had the established game plan. I remember that game so well. They we played the Falcons last year, week one. They let Russ cook. And it was nice to see that is how we need to go. We need to, they're going to be guarding DK well. I think Tyler Lockett is going to be definitely the key to this game because his slant routes are going to be, Essentially, what the yards we need to get in a lot of games. Uh, Chris Carson, if he can have more than, I would say, 70 yards rushing, we should be fine. And the defense just needs to make sure we... Carson Wentz is so hard to judge because of... It's like, was... Is it his injuries? He was going to be MVP the year the Eagles won the Super Bowl before he tore his ACL. So are we going to get the Carson Wentz that was amazing or are we going to get a Carson Wentz who looks injured like he always does. And that is going to be another thing. There are a lot of what ifs for the Colts and it'll be interesting to see how our defense responds to their offense. But I think that we have enough talent on both ends of the field to, um, to really, to beat this team by, I would say maybe a touchdown or so. And, this is a big season for us. Russell Wilson, um, I still think he's going to play his entire career on the Seahawks. But how are we going to approach the season? How are we going to start? Because we do not have an easy opening few game, an opening schedule. You know what I mean? Like the first five weeks of the season, none of those are easy games. So it's really going to be – it'll be very – very interesting to see how we come out of week one, because I really think this is a very important game. I'm not going to say must win because it's week one. Every team is 0-0, but whew, Hawks, we've got to win this game. We really need to win this game. I'll be at the bar on Sunday. I'm excited to be there, but I'm nervous, but I think we're going to win.
0: Yeah, I think um, this is a really juicy matchup. I could genuinely see an Indianapolis upset, but – even though I don't think the Seattle Seahawks defense is very good. There's one thing I feel like they could do with Jamal Adams at safety is force turnovers. And we know Mr. Wentz had some trouble doing that during his time in Philadelphia. We'll see if his former offensive coordinator and Frank Reich can kind of clean that up. So taking a brief look at the rest of the one o'clock slate, there's a lot of duds, honestly. I know we're all happy for football, but nobody wants to watch Jags Texans or Eagles Falcons, maybe Eagles Falcons. Um, Vikings, Bengals, I think we're all going to lean Minnesota there unless someone wants to stop me now. 49ers, Lions, same deal. I think the Niners have a pretty resounding return to health and trounce Detroit. However, there are two more games that I'd like to talk about in this early slate because they're very intriguing to me. You have the football team hosting the Chargers and then you have the Bills hosting the Steelers. So, Kev, I'm going to start it with you. Um, For this Chargers football team matchup, Who do you think takes the win? Uh, Why? You know the deal.
3: I got Washington in this one. Um, Not because the charges are bad. It's just because Washington's Washington's defense is, frankly, I think, the best in the league. Um, And because of that, I think Justin Herbert, who is due for regression, he got a little lucky last year. Um, Receivers making catches that weren't great throws. And his stats got padded a little bit because of that. Now, I'm not saying Justin Herbert isn't a good quarterback. I'm just saying I think it'll come out in week one. I think it'll be, And I think it'll be a, mark, um, um, a marking game in his career where he comes out after a great rookie year and this, this very first game he struggles. And how he responds to that, we'll see. But I just – I think Washington's defense is going to clamp down Justin Herbert. And their offense will do enough – against a Chargers defense that kind of relies on guys like Jermaine James who spent most of last year injured. So I got Washington but it could be close. It's not a it's not going to be a blowout. I got Washington 17-10. Zoom, in, who do you like
2: in this one? My apologies. I'm actually going with the Chargers in in this game. I think
1: that calling Justin Herbert last season a fluke is something I, I disagree with a lot, actually, because
0: if there was care. one quarterback... He of did the- not say fluke. He did not use the word fluke. But anyways. Okay.
1: Well, okay, fine. You're right. He did not say the word fluke. But my problem is that Justin Herbert was... So many people called him a bust... When he was drafted by the Chargers because it was a quarterback heavy draft last year, like it is plenty of years. But they were saying, Yeah, there's if there's gonna be one quarterback that's not gonna be good, it's Justin Herbert automatically. And he was rookie of the year. Justin Herbert had a really good season last year. <laughs> and I think and I like the Chargers this year, hiring Brandon Staley, a defensive-minded head coach coming from the Rams of all places that have one of the best pass rushers in the game. I think I'm going with the Chargers in this game. I like their offense. I think they have a, if they can get their pass game to be effective, then they should have no pro- problem beating Washington. I think the Washington um, they they have good receive. They have um, a good receiving core, and they also have Antonio Gibson at the running back. I think Gibson will have a pretty good game. But I, I really am. I really um am... The Chargers are also a team that. Before had like one good season, one bad season. A lot of that was testament to Philip Rivers, but I'm big on this Chargers team. I think they could be something this year, and I'm excited to see it. So I'm going with them.
0: Uh, Kevin. Uh, oh wait, you did do your Chargers football team pick. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna say that the Chargers win a tough one only because, for as lucky as Herbert may have been, the Chargers as a whole were quite unlucky with some boneheaded coaching decisions by Anthony Lynn last year. I do think this is a true pick'em. It's a toss-up. I would not be surprised if a football team win. But I do think Curtis Samuel will now be out for the next three weeks. I think that's a big loss. I think if this Chargers defense with a healthy Derwin James in the secondary can kind of keep McLaurin under control, and by that I mean like under 90 yards receiving, Chargers win this game because I don't know where else Fitzpatrick's going to throw, and that could lead to some turnovers. So next on the docket, we've got – To wrap up our 1 p.m. slate, I really like the Steelers-Bills matchup. I know a lot of people are going to be favoring Buffalo, and rightfully so. I favor Buffalo. Um, But I also think the Steelers could have the potential to surprise. They clearly think they're contenders because they drafted Najee Harris in the first round, and nobody drafts a running back if they don't think they're contenders, um, at least in the first round. So who do we like? Or I have a feeling we'll all say Bills, but you know what? Surprise me. Who do we like? Why? um, What are some keys maybe to a Pittsburgh upset?
2: Kevin, start with
3: you. Yeah, I got the Bills. Um, Look, my issue with the Steelers is their offense, actually. I think their offense will struggle mightily this year, and maybe not to the extent of, like, they're going to be a bottom-10 offensive league. I don't think it would be anything like that. But I think their offense, with another year of Big Ben regression, will struggle, and I – see them as just around an average team this year, honestly. And Buffalo, Buffalo's the second-best team in the AFC, in my opinion. So, you know, Pittsburgh has a terrible low line, horrible low line. Um, Big Ben, I feel like, he's going to get under a lot of pressure. Their wide receivers still, even though Juju, Chase Claypool, and Deontay Johnson, is a, it's a good good wide receiver core. None of them are so good where Ben Roethlisberger can rely on throwing to any single one of them to bail him out constantly. Um, quite yet, I think, eventually lead into a workhorse role. But in this first game, I, I don't really see it. I think there'll be more of a shootout. Uh, yeah, I think this game will come down to offense. The big key for Pittsburgh to win in this one is if Ben Roethlisberger can uh, can succeed under pressure. And uh, I don't see that happening. But that's that's the key. I got Buffalo winning this one, 28-18.
0: Yeah, Zubin, I'll go to you to wrap this up quick. Uh, But before I do, I'm just going to say, Kevin, I agree with you. Um, I do think Buffalo is going to take the win here. The one wild card, the Bills' run defense was not good last year. I think that was their kryptonite overall. And if the Steelers team is actually committed to running the ball with Harris, who they've clearly invested a lot in, that could be one thing. They can maybe control the clock, keep Josh Allen and this high-powered Bills offense off the field. Uh, Z-Man, finish us up. Who do you think wins?
1: Buffalo by at least 14 I agree with everything you guys said and I don't need to I'm not going to expand upon it anymore
0: fair enough brevity is good um so now taking a look at the four games at the 430 slate I'm really intrigued I think the least intriguing game the Giants Broncos is still an intriguing game so I guess we'll start there uh Zubin who do you think takes this matchup of kind of teams facing a make or break year I think that applies to both Denver and New York
1: Denver's gonna win this game. Denver's gonna win this game because truthfully the Giants, their offense, I don't I cannot believe Daniel Jones is gonna do it. And Denver has a very good defense and they have an underrated receiving core. And you might regardless, you might not say they're underrated, but I don't think people are talking about how how solid um they really could be. Their biggest question mark is the exact biggest question mark that the Giants have, and that is their cornerback. And do I think Daniel Jones... Here, I'll give you this. I think Daniel Jones is better than Teddy Two Gloves. But I don't think that's enough for the Giants to win this game. I think that the Giants... That the Broncos defense, excuse me, is going to show up and knock down their pass game. They're going to be very tough on Mr. Jones in the pocket. And I think that Teddy Two Gloves is going to do enough to to win the game. I'm, I'm not going to... It's The game is being played at, at MetLife Stadium, so I'll give you this. It will be a close game, but I think that... They're going to – I think they're going to be some pretty actually poor offensive drives in the second half. I'm going to – you know what? I haven't given an, an exact score of who I think is going to win. I'll do that for this game. I'm going to go Denver 24, Giants 20.
2: All
0: right. Fair enough. Uh, Kevin. That's it.
3: <laughs> yeah, i mostly agree with Zubin there. Um, I have Denver in this one again. You know, it's, they have a great defense, and I Saquon's hurt, or if he's not hurt, he's not going to get much of a workload in this game, I don't think, just because the Giants can't afford him to get hurt again. Um, yeah, I just think this is a game where you see Denver shut down the Giants. Maybe the Giants score once or twice, but it's it'll be, yeah, it'll be a battle of, of defenses, and uh, I got Denver winning 17-10. Not much to say other than uh, what Zubin has said.
0: Don't call me a homer. I have the Giants winning this game, and I will regret my words come Monday. I already know I will. Already know I will. However, hear me out. Uh, Number one, I think Teddy Bridgewater is the perfect quarterback for this Giants defense to play. Like I said before, their secondary is really good, and they might not have Addery Jackson, but I don't even think that's a huge deal. Because Teddy doesn't throw the ball deep. He just does not do it. Throughout his career, he just has been kind of a very reliable dink and dunk game manager. And those are the kind of quarterbacks the Giants usually do well against. The Dak Prescotts of the world are who torture them. Um, I think that matches up very well. The Denver Broncos' interior offensive line is a little weak. And guess who's huge and plays the interior a lot? Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams. Um, sure, the Giants' offensive line is a giant, question mark. However, I think if you have Kadarius Tony and you have a little bit of Saquon, that's going to open up some really quick routes that Daniel Jones did not have at his disposal last year. Uh, I understand why Denver is favored in this game. I think three points is a little much, but I understand why. The Giants are a big unknown, but I really do think that the weapons they added can make a difference, and I think they have the more explosive weapons than Denver. And like it or not, Daniel Jones isn't afraid to throw the ball deep, which Bridgewater has shown he does not really enjoy doing or is not very good at. Um, Jones is one of the better graded, deep ball passers last year, despite all his faults. Uh, if he can find a way to kind of maybe work on Patrick Sertain, the rookie, kind of test him, see if he's really NFL ready. Uh, who knows? Giants might pull off the home upset. So next on the slate, I really want to look at this Dolphins Patriots matchup quick before we get to the two heavy hitters. Uh, Pat's really interesting off season spent big. We're not sure if that was wise or not. I'm not, I think the jury's still out. Mac Jones handed the keys to the offense over Cam Newton. Kevin, do you think that's enough to top a promising Miami squad?
3: I do not. Um, Listen, I think the Patriots do pretty well this year. I think Mac Jones will do pretty well this year. I think they'll come to their own. I think their receivers got a little bit better. And I think Mac Jones will be all right. And I think the Patriots have the Patriots winning either nine or ten games this year. But for this week one matchup, no, I don't have the Patriots winning. Um, I feel like the Dolphins have get, are getting a little disrespected recently. Uh, people have been saying that, you know, somehow the Patriots are favorites over them to win the division, obviously behind the Bills, albeit. But the Dolphins were a – like, were they not a playoff team?
0: Well, and oh, sorry to cut you off. I think part of the confusion, though, is they're a different team with Fitzpatrick versus Tua.
3: Listen – we re- do we know that yet? Do we really know that yet? I feel like, you know, the, okay, we'll, we'll see. I mean, they had a bad, they, they had bad weapons last year. They got fuller this year. We, they got um, Jalen Waddell, like we'll see, but I, I got to give me, you give me another year of Tua before I could judge the dolphins with Tua as if they're a good team or not. Again, you know, Tua could be very bad and at, I think he'll probably be pedestrian honestly, and they probably won't be that great. But, again, in this week one matchup, I just think Mac Jones struggles. I think Jacoby Myers and, and Nelson Aguilar will have a tough time finding, um, finding separation. And Mac Jones will get flustered and run the ball a lot. You know, I think Damien Harris does well. But I, that's, that's all. I have the Dolphins winning by 10, 23-13.
0: Zubin, what say you?
1: I think this is going to be a boring game. I think it's going to be a classic Belichick game in New England, where it's very back and forth, where both quarterbacks are not are going to have a little have some butterflies going into the game. I'm going to pick the Patriots because the game's being played in Foxborough, and I think that having a lot of promise going into there, having a successful off season, I don't, you know. And there was a the question somewhat, I I wasn't sure which one of you said it. <laughs> How different do you know the Dolphins are going to be with Tua compared to Fitzpatrick? The answer is exactly right. You don't know. And, but I don't think it's going to be that big because they're, they're both not – They both have, well, Fitzpatrick is – his name is Fitzmagic when he's amazing. Otherwise, he's extremely mediocre. Tua did not have the most amazing rookie season, but he might have a second-year resurgence. We don't know. But Patriots are playing in Foxborough – they have a decent offense. They have a better. They have a pretty good defense. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. I'm going go with the Patriots this game. I'll say, I don't know, 14-13. Uh, uh, I don't know. It'll be really close.
0: It'll be boring, but the Patriots will come out with a win. I think both of you guys raise great points. Um, I'm going to lean Pats here, mainly because this game is being played at home. And I think there are just as many question marks with both quarterbacks. Uh, I'm not – I'm not sure if Tua's like a bust or anything. I'd kind of be a hypocrite having just defended Daniel Jones heading into year three to call Tua a bust. Um, I think he's got a lot of promise. However, if there's anyone who's going to exploit a young quarterback who's played, what, eight games last year? I, I don't have the numbers right in front of me. If anyone's going to exploit a quarterback who's a bit green in the legs, it's going to be Belichick. The offense is not going to be great, but the defense is really high-powered. I really like Matt Judon. I think there's a lot of playmakers. Um, I believe Gilmore's going to suit up. So the secondary with J.C. Jackson is going to be really, really tough to pass against. And I don't think Miami has that bell cow back that can kind of counteract that. But I wouldn't be surprised to see Brian Flores and the Dolphins pull out a win. He's a great coach in his own right. So now we get to some of the juicier matchups. Uh, We'll start with Packers Saints. A lot of question marks with both teams. I think the Packers are more of a known entity. The Saints have turned the ball over to Jameis Winston at quarterback, replacing legendary Drew Brees. I think the hype with Jameis is kind of getting a little crazy. This is still the guy who joined the 30 30 club. Good place to be in baseball, bad place to be as a football quarterback. Uh, However, the Saints are still the Saints. They've got Alvin Kamara on the backfield, they've got a really loaded defense that can give Aaron Rodgers and company some fits. Zubin, who do we like here?
2: Who's the Packers quarterback? Aaron Rodgers. The Packers
1: are going to win. Aaron <laughs> Rodgers versus Jameis Winston. Say less. I, I'll, get, I'll give it a score. I don't know. Packers 35, Saints 10. It's going to be a blowout. Packers are going to win the game.
3: Kev? Kev? I mean, yeah, I have a little bit more to say, but I have the Packers wing this one in a blowout. The fact that the line is Green Bay minus three is absurd to me. I mean, again, I feel like this is like the Dolphins, where people are over, overreacting to some troubles within their team, some, some changes, maybe two isn't that good. Maybe Aaron Rodgers, for some he's Aaron Rodgers, guys. He, he's, he's still the best quarterback in the NFL, unless you want to say Mahomes is, but that's an argument. I mean, the this NOLA team, I don't know. We don't – again, we, we just talked about, you know, Tua, Tua. We don't know who he is on the Dolphins. We really don't know who Jameis Winston is on, on the Saints. I mean, Sean Payton, you just had Drew Brees as his quarterback for, what, 10 seasons. Drew, Drew Brees is the ultimate game manager. He's the anti-Jameis Winston. So I'm curious to see how this goes, but – it would be almost disrespectful to say anything besides Green Bay in a blowout. Um, My final score is 35, 17. Yeah. Green Bay.
0: Yeah. Real quick. You guys touched on all that. Um, I think that Kevin, you were great to point out. That is a very generous line for new Orleans. I would hammer that Green Bay three Um, Jameis, I think won't be quite the turnover machine. He was in Tampa, but there's only so much coaching you can fix in someone in just one year. It'll be really interesting to see though. And then I think the best game of the week, Kansas city, Cleveland, I believe it's going to be an arrowhead. Uh, Another line I think is generous. I think we're all going to lean KC here unless someone wants to get really bold. But minus six is a lot of points for any team. And this Browns club is no pushover. I think they're going to be really tough. Uh, I don't know if we want to go over it for the sake of time. I think we're all in agreement. Kansas City wins. But do you guys think it'll be a close game, Kevin?
3: I do, yeah. Um, Chiefs, really quick. I think the Chiefs win. I think Chiefs really good chance of winning this game. But last year, a lot of the a lot of the wins came in close games, and I think this Browns team will be motivated after last year. So where this game will be, I say 28-24 Chiefs.
0: Zubin, what say you?
3: If the Browns have a good
1: first half, then it's going to be a close game. If they don't, then the Chiefs are going to have control for the rest of the game. That's what I'm thinking. I think the Chiefs are going to win no matter what. Just like Kevin. nothing else really said. Uh, They need to have a good first half. It'll be interesting to see how Odell plays in his first, his first game back. So exciting to see.
0: Yeah. uh, I think we've basically touched on that. And then the Sunday night game, really fun matchup. Well, I think it'll be a fun matchup because I like defensive games. Uh, I wish Justin Fields was starting. I think everyone wishes Justin Fields was starting. Actually, I'm a Giants fan. So I want that first round pick to be very nice and high. So, but still, for entertainment value, you've got Matt Stafford leading this Rams club. I'm very high on the Rams' chances this year. I'll hear from you guys, though, first. Zubin, who do you think takes this very interesting, if nothing else, Sunday night match? Uh, as
1: much as I hate to say it, I think the Rams are going to take this game very handily. It'll be There's a lot going on. This can going to be the first game in the Super Stadium, I believe. The game's even played in Los Angeles, right? We were okay, it's being played in Los Angeles. It's the first game with fans in their new super stadium. Um with Matthew Stafford, the Rams are no longer a quote unquote defensive team because Jared Goff is their quarterback who is just never had anything. The fact that they it's like the Rams made the Super Bowl with Jared Goff, the Niners made a Super Bowl with Jimmy G, both those teams had super defenses. It's the same. Their defense is Almost as good as they were when they were in the playoffs and now their offense is that much better. The Rams are unfortunately one of the teams to beat. I have them taking this game very handily. And it's unfortunate because the Bears, the fact that they're they're on a track. It's like it's not if, it's more when they're gonna start Justin Fields. And the longer they wait to start him is going to be it's just gonna be more of a distraction for the team. So the Rams are gonna win this game. I would say 28, 17. And yeah, it's, as uh, a Seahawks fan, I hate it, but they're going to be an exciting team to watch.
0: Kevin, any chances for Andy Dalton to pull off the ups?
3: Absolutely not. Not in my right mind. Come on. Uh, yeah. It's just Rams have a way better offense and a better defense. Sometimes predictions kind of come down to that. And for me, that's what it comes down to today. And that's, Andy Dalton isn't really a starting quarterback in the NFL. I mean, that's, blatantly obvious and he's going against the best defense in the nfl objectively speaking i still think it's washington but that's my own opinion um the rams defense whatever it is it's fantastic and Andy dalton's not going to do anything and matt stafford is there is the rams quarterback and he has robert Woodson, cooper cup something will happen the rams will score i have him up 27 14 in this one i i don't think it'll be particularly close
0: Yeah. You guys basically hit the nail on the head. I I struggle to see how this bears team can compete with LA's firepower. I really do wish the Kansas city Cleveland game was the Sunday nighter, but I still think this will be an interesting matchup. I have it going around like 21, 13, but with that being said, I'm really high on this new LA offense. I think this is the best quarterback that uh, Sean McVay has ever had to work with during his time at the Rams, even better than Jared Goff's one very good season. Uh, the run game's a bit of a question. They don't have that Todd Gurley bell cow, but I think if any team's going to manage it with arguably the best defense in the league, it's going to be LA. I'm really high in their chances. I've stocked up on Cooper cup and Stafford in my fantasy leagues. Uh, wouldn't be surprised if there's a bit of an offensive explosion and then really quick uh, wrap up the Monday Nighter. Uh zoom in. I'll start with you. Ravens dealing with a ton of injuries. Raiders dealing with a ton of Raiders. Boring mediocrity. Uh, I think you know where I'm leaning with this. But, hey, maybe these new Baltimore injuries kind of open the door, possibly. No Marcus Peters, no Gus Edwards, no real run game outside of Lamar. Could the Raiders do the impossible and pull off a Monday night upset?
1: I wouldn't call it an impossible. I'll go with the Raiders, sure. I think that it's not going to be You know, I I won't even say why, because my reasons, if I start talking more than I should, I'll start making points of why the Ravens should probably win this game. But I'll go with the Raiders in in the upset. I'll say uh, say Raiders 31, Ravens 27.
2: Kevin?
3: Yeah, uh, I think this is a game where the Raiders struggle offensively. Even without Marcus Peters, uh, the Ravens defense is again, there's another defense that's one of the best in the league. And the Raiders offense and the Raiders team and the Raiders organization is in general, it's just very directionless. Um, you know, Derek Carr's a pretty good quarterback. They have Henry Ruggs, who was the first round pick last year, who's been a bust so far. We'll see how he does. We have Josh Jacobs, who was another high pick. And you know, he hasn't really been worth it either. And I just I don't think I don't think this Raiders team does much. I think they're I think they'll be unmotivated this year. I think this is a year where the, the front office will end up cleaning house and it just be I think it'll be an easy one for Omar Jackson twenty one fourteen Ravens.
0: Yeah, you guys both hit the nail on the head. Um, it's tough for the Raiders to compete with just. The Ravens defense is a brick wall. And I know we've been saying that about a lot of the favorites this week. I think a theme of this week is road favorites with strong defenses. Uh, The Ravens are no exception. I actually would be comfortable taking the five and a half with Baltimore. Um, I think that's decent value for a Raiders team that's kind of struggled to play up to their competition, the exception of maybe that Monday night game last year against New Orleans. It'll be interesting, though. I, I think the Raiders always start out strong, and then they just kind of peter out. Um, We'll see if this year's more of the same. So Zubin, I want to thank you for joining us. He's got a bolt. uh, So that'll do it for our NFL picks for this week. However, Kevin, I would like to discuss some baseball. Um, Would I actually like to as a Yankee fan? No, but I I feel an obligation to the viewers at home, all 10 of them, to uh, cover some baseball. So Kev, what are you looking forward to this week? What's got your eye?
3: Football, nothing. I don't want to watch baseball. I don't like I don't like this for uh nothing. Now, Um what, what has my eye this week as a Mets fan is this weekend. We have the subway series coming up. And as much as the Mets season has been horrible and the Yankees season has been terrible, and both seasons this, this disappointment, even though the Yankees are in a playoff spot right now, uh it's gonna be a very fun series. Tonight we got Tyler Meagle versus Jordan Montgomery. We got Jordan Montgomery, who's been one of the best pitchers since the All-Star break. I think the Yankees win it easily, uh, but who knows? It's, that's, that's, my, my, that's my first thing
0: to watch this week. If you want to talk about other teams, I I'm yeah. happy um, to. Well, yeah, actually, I think for both of our sanity, we should shift the conversation because there is a lot going on. Um, Chris Sale was just put on the COVID list, so that's a big blow for the Boston Red Sox. However, I do really find a lot of intrigue in this socks on Sox matchup this weekend. Uh, tonight, you got Tanner Hauck, who's a promising young pitcher. I don't know if he's quite there yet. Going against Carlos Rondon, one of the AL Cy Young candidates, having a real breakout year, finally. I feel like we've been waiting on this. Uh, And then elsewhere in the league, I find two other series that are offering up some intrigue. You've got the Reds, who are kind of reeling against the Cardinals, who are sort of clinging to their playoff hopes by a slim chance. They're only three games back of the Padres, though, for a wildcard spot. And I think they're playing their, I don't want to say best ball of the season, but they are playing better baseball. Uh, And then, speaking of the Padres, you've got a huge California rivalry, Padres-Dodgers, tonight's a really good matchup, and I think one of the better chances for the Padres to steal a win from L.A. on the road. you got Musgrove, who's pitching a great, great season this year, going against Julio Urias, who's no no slouch in his own right, and a really talented pitcher. Kevin, you think the Padres have a chance this weekend against their arch rivals?
3: Um, Of course they have a chance. I I just – I don't love their lineup against Urias, honestly. Uh, Their lineup isn't good against lefties. They have a lot of guys that are much better against righties, which is usually a good thing in baseball. You want a lot of guys that can rotate around against righties because a lot of pitchers you see are righties. But, you know, the downfall of that is when you see Julio Urias, who's one of the best left-handed starting pitchers in the league, You only have a handful of guys that can hit the ball. And, of course, those handful of guys are Fernando Tatis Jr. and Manny Machado and Trent Grisham. But I don't think that'll be enough to beat the Dodgers' loaded lineup. And that's that's how the Dodgers win at the end of the day. They have a loaded lineup, and they beat you with star power in their lineup. I think the Dodgers take two out of three. But who knows? Maybe the Padres can, can take it.
0: Yeah, I'm going to tend to agree with you. It's just really, really hard to trust the Padres this year. I don't know what it is, but they're just on and off. Um, they are still, give them credit, they're back in a playoff spot. But I'll tell you this, the pitching matchups are really tough for them after tonight. This They have to win this if they want to hope to take this series. Because after tonight, on Saturday, you got Chris Paddock going up against Walker Bueller. and then Sunday you got Blake Snell who is pitching better of late but he's going up against Max Scherzer so it's a tough ask for any team. I'm really interested to see how they respond if they can if they can pull off a season series. I mean, not season series, excuse me. They can pull off the series win this week weekend. I think they have a really good shot holding onto that wild card spot because the Reds are kind of weird. They're a strange team. I don't have a lot of confidence in the Cardinals to catch up. However, the one hope, the one hope for this Padres team is that the rest of, or not the Padres, the one hope for the rest of the NL wildcard contenders is that the rest of the NL West beats up on the Padres. We'll see if it can happen. And with that being said, we'll kind of wrap up our baseball coverage. Um, Of note, I should mention Trevor Bauer basically being, I don't want to, what's the term, asked, suspended? It's kind of vague from the commissioner's office. But basically he was announced today that he's basically not going to pitch for the rest of the season. Um, I think ultimately it's a good move by major league baseball. It's kind of a really sticky situation. Uh, Kevin, do you see this ending? Like, uh, I don't know. I mean, we don't know the details of the case, but how do you see this maybe ending?
3: Listen, who knows? You know, we're living, living in a different time now where these types of accusations are taken very seriously. And that's a great thing, but it's this is not this is something that's kind of new. We haven't really seen this in baseball, let alone sports. I mean, we have the Watch the situation, but that hasn't been resolved. Texaco with um gives
1: unbeatable mileage. Uh
3: yeah. Um, so, I, I, I <laughs> yeah. Sorry about that. Um, You're just. <laughs> uh
0: yeah. That's all I have to say. Yeah, it's really. Fine, yeah, it's a sticky situation. You hit the nail on the head. Um,
3: I... He's gonna be. It's good that he's gone.
0: I I don't know what to yeah. say. I hope. I hope
3: if you know. I I hope you know. There's there's a balance here. Where I hope it gets resolved fairly, but also like, it's there's a fine line there because what is fair? It's a lot of people are gonna question that. Should he be allowed to play major league baseball if he's accused? If he's done this, this, and that? I don't think so. But we'll see. I'm just glad the storyline is over for the rest of the season, so good focus on baseball.
0: Yeah, unlikable guy, regardless of if these are true accusations or not. I'm kind of happy, like you, that it's over. Um, so we'll put a pin in baseball. Uh, just wanted to cover it a bit. And with that, we are welcoming the legend himself, John Jacobs, the biggest degenerate I know, to talk some gambling, some sports betting picks. John, how are you doing today?
4: Excellent, boys. How are we?
0: Ah, we're chilling on a Friday, talking sports, the American dream. You know, I
4: I hope the discussion was uh, well, high-spirited and well-mannered
0: today. You know it, uh, only because you weren't here. But now we're going to get to the nitty-gritty.
4: well. All right, so I'm going to walk you through these, right? One by one. We're going to start with the overall for the season, right? There's one that I like more than anything else, right? First coach to be fired in the NFL, Matt Nagy.
2: Love it. think about
4: that one. Love it. Oh, I'm sure, you know, he's definitely going to wait too long to start fields. Uh, Andy Dalton stinks. Nick Foles stinks. Uh, I don't like his prospects there. I think he'll be out of a job by uh, week eight, week nine. Put a pin in that one, right? All right, so that's what I like for the season, but let's go day by day this weekend, right? I've got one, two, three, four, five for you. One is the best. We'll do that one last, all right? Tonight, real simple. Uh, the Twins are playing the Royals at home. I like the Twins in that one. Uh, pitching max matchup is whatever. I think it's Singer against Jax. You know, two guys, five ERAs. Uh, twins were at home before. Kansas City has to travel to them. Minus 120. I like it there, right? That's it for baseball for the weekend, right? This is a big weekend. We don't need to spend our time on baseball. Getting into the next one, right? Tonight, North Dakota, college football, plus seven against Utah State. Now, I'll tell you something, right? I don't watch North Dakota football games. You don't watch North Dakota football games. I won't be watching this North Dakota football game. But what I can tell you, right, is that there are – 20% Twenty percent of all the bets are on North Dakota. North Dakota's getting 60 percent of the money. That's some people betting a lot of fucking money on North Dakota. I'll take that one right there. Uh, pretty good. So the best one of the weekend is on Saturday, but it's so good we have to do that one last, right? So Sunday, let's skip to Sunday, right? The NFL. Uh, there's two in the early in the early window that I really like. you know, uh, Tennessee. Is playing the Cardinals at home. I uh, like them minus three on that one. Uh, Arizona's got this old defensive line, a bunch of new pieces, and you know Tennessee's got this whole lot of man playing running back. Right, he's gonna plow right through him. That's what I got there. Any thoughts so far, guys. I'm, I'm bouncing I'm bouncing these uh, off of
0: you. I love I love any time we can talk about North Dakota State on this podcast. I think not, be state, not state, oh, not state. no no no
4: no 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 it's no. Just North Dakota. North Dakota okay. D one, not D three, oh. uh, not D two, D one.
0: I was thinking of Trey Lance. And Carl yeah yeah yeah. Lines, all the matter. No 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 no. We no, can no. talk about the state of North Dakota on this podcast. I'm for it. Exactly. Um, I think. Yeah. These
4: are these are not the bison. It's the fighting hawks.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. As for your Titans pick, I Sweet. really love it. We were talking about Tennessee, Arizona earlier. Uh, I don't know how Derrick Henry doesn't mow down <laughs> that line, um, even with J.J. Watt, who's more of a pass rusher than a run stopper, in my opinion. Uh, so always has been. Yeah. With all that being said, the anticipation is high. John, what is
4: the lock of the week? Well, we're not quite there yet. I've got one more on Sunday. One more on Sunday. Uh, it's kind of the the dumpster battle, you know, of the weekend, the Texans-Jaguars, right? Uh, only a game I'm going to want to see highlights on of red zone. I hope to not watch a second of this football game. But I do expect to see a lot of these red zone highlights, and I think it's going to go over 45, right? Neither team can defend. Texans are built to run. They got four running backs. They're just going to run down the throat of the Jaguars. 45 is a small number. I think they'll get there, no problem. All right, Uh, so the big one, boys. Are we
2: ready for
0: this? Sorry, I was just going to – Unless you've got something to say. Yeah, just real quick. I actually think the Texans have some value in this game just because I don't trust the Jaguars. You and I have talked about how little we trust the Jaguars. I'm hammering the under on Jacksonville season win total. I think 6.5 is way too high. I don't care if they have Trevor Lawrence. He will be good, but I don't trust them. I think they have a strange fit as a head coach for professional grown men in Urban Meyer. Um, I, would I like be it. I think similarly to what Jacksonville did last year, I could see this being the Texans' only win of the year. You know, Lawrence is a little green. Uh, I I can't really say anything good about the Texans' roster because there's literally nothing good about it outside of Laramie Tunsil. But, yeah. no, it's, it's not a bad – you get the under at home against another bad team, always enticing.
2: And, all right, so the big one, right?
4: Saturday night. What do you guys know about boxing?
0: Not, a not very thing. much, I hope. I only watch – Me neither. Uh, Paul fights. Just kidding.
4: But here you see boxing is the auxiliary show, right? It's, it's Evander Holyfield, he's 56, he's fighting Vitor Belfort, who I think was in the MMA. But that doesn't matter, right? We're here specifically because a certain Donald John Trump is broadcasting on the commentary team for this boxing match. And, and, the absolute lock of the week, Right? Color tie Trump has on during broadcast solid red plus 120. No way he goes with any other color. That's an amazing. It's free money. Red. Wait, it's free money. <laughs> How is it? <laughs> free money. Oh my god.
0: We got a hammer. I don't no. Put my lights oh, I'm, I'm... <laughs> on. Oh my god. Free money. Wow. Um, That's the lock of the week, gentlemen. Is there an over under for first person? Or uh, self-references or insults? Yeah,
4: so there's a. it's pretty well done. Um, it's heavily favored that he'll mention both Biden and Kamala. Uh, fake news is something that he'll say. It's more split on if he'll mention Bill or Hillary. Uh, it's pretty even if he'll mention Cuomo or Fauci. Um, the big one here, I think, is how many times will Trump say China? over, under, two and a half.
0: I like that. I like that number. I think he could hit the over there.
4: Uh, one that's even more generous, I think, is the amount of times Trump will say fake news over 10 and a half, over, under, 10 and a half. <sighs> Fake news is a very specific thing to say. It makes me want to go under.
0: Yeah, I think that's an under, because this isn't necessarily a fake news crowd. I think, I think he's going to pretend to act like he has interests outside of himself and try and talk about the boxing for a little bit. Uh, that
4: would surprise me, but, you know, maybe that's why the odds are set the way that they are.
0: Fake news is the crutch, so if it doesn't go well, he'll just turn back to that. Very interesting. Exactly. I, I almost feel like we should have just done a whole Trump betting preview show. Um, <laughs> John, There's a lot there. Uh, Kevin, I'm going to turn to you for an actual sports pick. Um, who, what do you like this weekend?
3: Uh, yeah, I got Minnesota over Cincy, minus three. Even though they're on the road, I think Cincy with Joe Burrow coming back, they'll struggle. They have a terrible O-line, and I think that Minnesota defense will shut them down. Uh, as for Minnesota on offense, I, I forgot if it was you or Zubin earlier that mentioned that he really only has Jesse Bates on defense, and besides that, it's kind of an abyss. Um, so I, I think we see Dalvin Cook go off a little bit this game. I think we see Justin Jefferson have a good game, possibly Adam Thielen catch a touchdown or two. And, yeah, I think we—I just think Minnesota will win this one by a good amount. I think minus three is a little bit disrespectful. So that's what I'm going with.
0: I like that pick. Um, I think, as I mentioned earlier, road dogs really, I think, are leading the way this week. Um, for myself, I got two picks. One I'm okay about. One I like, don't love, but I still will probably play it. And that would be the under in Green Bay, New Orleans. And now some people might be wondering, well, you got two quarterbacks who obviously Rodgers is great. If nothing else, Winston bombs it up. However, I think they're going to try and neuter that. Because the one way they're going to lose is Winston throwing too much. I think Alvin Kamara is still great. I think Green Bay is going to be content to kind of take an early lead and kind of sit on it. They've got a great running back. It's not like some of the Packers teams of old. They got a nice two-headed punch, Theron Jones and A.J. Dillon. I wouldn't be surprised if this becomes kind of a running game. And if the Saints are forced to throw it at the end, Who's better at throwing turnovers than Jameis Winston? Do you know anyone? Maybe DJ, maybe Daniel Jones, but I don't think so. I think Jameis is the king, and I think too many people have forgotten. He is in the 30-30 club. My man is a 30-30 quarterback. That will never not be true. Now, my favorite pick. This might raise some eyebrows because I talked up Indianapolis. However, I think that the Seattle Seahawks, as an underdog, is a little, little generous to the Colts. I'm not very high in Indianapolis as a team going into the playoffs this year. I still think they'll be good, but they kind of snuck in there. They play a lot of low-scoring games, which might not be to their advantage against a really loaded Seahawks attack that always plays well, always plays well to start the year. The problem for Russell Wilson has always been midseason. So I think you're getting two points right now on the website. I'm looking Vegas Insider. Getting two points for the Seahawks, I would take that, take the money line, run with it. I like the Hawks to pull off a road upset here. I wouldn't even consider it an upset, though. They're just the better team. So, with that, I want to thank everyone for listening. I want to thank Zubin Survastava, Kevin Amoroso, John Jacobs, myself, Brian Armetta. I'm going to thank myself because I did a damn good job, too. You guys rocked it. So happy to be with you on the eve of football. Excited to bring you more content. Thanks for listening to Wild Cards. Have a good one, everyone.